0: can do this thing. Check it out on Amazon, and of course, have a great day. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. Back with our Wednesday guest, the lovely Anna Kelly. Hi, Anna. Hi, great to see you. Nice to see you as well. Now that first episode got me kind of fired up a little bit, so if you <laughs> haven't watched that, folks, uh, your retirement accounts are under attack. So go watch that. We're going to flip the script in this one, Anna, and I'm going to let you know about an event that I'm uh, creating a PowerPoint for because I need your help. Okay.
1: awesome. Happy to help.
0: So Bill Allen, one of my Mount Rushmore uh, investors, which means, you know, the top four or five in the country is asked, uh, asked me to present it. Flip Hacking Flip Hacking Live. I will unfortunately not be able to attend given scheduling, but I am creating content so uh, I can give it to him and he could share it with the audience uh, as a pre read, if you will. And one of the one of the things he asked me for was look ahead. And basically look ahead 10 years and make some predictions for your topic. So as you know, you and I are real estate investors. We're going to stay mainly single family home in this case. Uh, But I have a draft of things uh, I want to show to you. Give me more, take some away, all that stuff. You ready to go? I'm ready. All right. So again, it's a draft. Be gentle.
1: I will. <laughs> By the way, I just recently met Bill Allen, so we have a common connection that's in the multifamily space. That's Jason and Peely Yerusi. Yes, and um, I spoke at an online event with him and got to meet him a few few weeks ago.
0: Yeah, I love so, all yeah. three of those individuals. I've spoken yeah. to Bill Allen uh, many times, and in, in, uh, uh, I, I always mispronounce her name, Peely. Right?
1: Peely. Yes. Yeah,
0: Peely and Peely the- Aloha. Yes, they're wonderful. It's amazing. Yes. Wonderful. All right. So this is actually two pages because I couldn't get it to one. Uh, And again, this is just, this is a brain dump. So number one, inflation. Uh, I think it's going to be bad for longer. I've been saying that now it looks like Jerome Powell is starting to agree. I think it's probably, at least in my crystal ball, it's bad for at least the first five years of the decade. But I think when we average the decade, it will be uh, higher than uh, most people expect.
1: Yes, scratch through the word transitory inflation. Yeah, that's a midterm yeah. to long-term inflationary. Yes, decade. I, I agree with you. I think it's gonna be longer than most people think.
0: Yeah. And again, what I went to next is I'm most worried or not worried. I think the the stuff that's yet to show up in CPI and PPI and this whole transitory, oh, used cars and airline tickets and all that nonsense, which are transitory is wages have just started going up. And as my 50 years of research have showed, when wages go up, y'all spend more money and we're not creating more assets, so stuff goes up. So assets will go up. And man, rents, rent equivalent, it is just started. And um, so, yeah, I think, I think those three things uh, continue.
1: Yes, I, I do agree that assets, um, CPI, um, costs of goods, rents are all going to continue to go up. They always do with inflation. Mm-hmm. I kind of wonder a little bit about wages, Michael, just something to okay. think about, right? So wages Good. are having to go up. So we, we do see, you know, especially when people were given $600 a week extra, 24 24- yep. $100 a month extra to not work. Yeah, I know business owners through many different industries and in multiple states who could not get people to work for less than $20, $25 an hour mm-hmm. plus benefits yep. to do jobs as simple as mowing grass, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So they could not keep up with their customer demand without mm-hmm. paying people more, and therefore their cost of their services had to go up. Yep. At some point, people can't continue to pay. So the question is, I'm also seeing restaurants shuttering and closing at 4 p.m. instead of being open till 10. Right. How many businesses just start working with fewer people and not raising wages but laying off? so i wonder what's going to happen to employment Okay. even though wages go up i think that's going to result in some higher unemployment i, I agree wrong, but i think that's where we're heading
0: oh i think i think by 20 probably 2024 2023 that's where we are because uh, automation and deflationary activities will kind of pick up but it won't will, it won't be this year and it won't be next year because that takes investment but yeah it's uh, yeah, I think that's one of the nasty surprises later in the decade. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, de- disin- or deflation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because, I, you know, inflation always has kind of this this, you know, other side of it as things kind of as it becomes too much. Yeah. And bad things start to happen. Right. Yeah. And then rent suddenly can't keep up and then people can't afford to pay as much and then mm-hmm. Businesses go under, people get laid off, and then it kind of swings the other way. So just wanted to throw that out there. No, I, that's, that's awesome. why we're doing this.
0: I am already gonna add, yeah. See, this is why I do this. Awesome. Uh, here's one higher interest rates are coming. Uh ding but ding, ding. Ding, ding. Yeah, that that one might be a layup. <laughs> yeah. The question of course is how high? And you know, I'm not gonna put a number on it, but they're they're gonna be they're gonna be higher in a decade than they are today. How much higher? good question I
1: would bet a whole lot of money that you're right (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean
1: think about it folks you know two years ago uh two and a half years ago rates were in the five percent range Mm -hmm. right for most most investors um and now we're I mean I just got my home for 2.6 percent crazy crazy in 2007 in 2003 I believe our home mortgage and we had good credit was like eight and three quarters
0: yeah I bought something then yeah
1: not more than a decade ago. So where we are today is historically low for historically long and rates Uh, have to go up. What happens too, is the government at some point, inflation starts to get so high Mm -hmm. that the only way they can kind of cool things off and keep prices from going too crazy is they Mm -hmm. raise the the borrowing rate. And if they raise the borrowing rate, people can't as easily get their hands on money to go buy all the stuff. Mm-hmm. And so the demand basically backs off to drive prices back down. So rates have to go up when we're in inflationary times.
0: Totally agree. Next up, higher taxes. And then I'm going to make a point here that inflation is a tax and, in ta- and inflation and inflation hits everyone. And it yeah. hits the people at the lowest end the most.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we're already seeing. We just talked in yep. episode one about ways that the government's going to get more tax dollars um, mm-hmm. at higher rates.
0: Yep, the, the beast has to be fed. Uh, Next up, affordable housing is a national crisis. And then I like to say that no one is paid to fix. So again, if you know that that's a crisis, go get affordable homes, right? Go buy the 1950s and 60s and 70s homes and just rent them out, right? I get asked all the time by new investors, should I buy a three bedroom, two bath? I'm like, I own a whole lot of three ones. (laughs) They just make sense. The, the, The math works. Um, Yes.
1: So talk to me about this. When you say no one paid to fix, what do you mean by that?
0: There's not an agency, there's not a company, there's not, you know, because every, I can't tell you how many times, maybe it's a California thing, affordable housing crisis, affordable housing crisis, everything's above the median, the median keeps going up, nobody can afford to buy a home. It's just, and then, you know, every, all the new homes that are built, at least in California are above the median. So we're not replenishing, you know, the bottom
1: Right, I see what you mean. Right, right. And as you talked about, and as you showed over the last fifty years of housing data, do we really have an affordable housing crisis? No. You know, in in the average annual household income price range and above, there's mm-hmm. definitely not. Yeah. Um, but I think in the below average income, you know, yeah. range, there there is, and that's yeah. why we have rental properties because exactly. You know, half of this half of the country are renters, and yeah. so. Um, Yeah, I think that's a really good point. You know, the agencies aren't doing anything to really fix it, other than the one thing that I'd keep an eye on is they are looking at landlords to fix it so rent controls. controls,
0: Yeah, which is not a fix, by the
1: way, you know rents it's not a fix but to them it's it's their legislative attempt to fix it. Um, it results in people leaving those properties and leaving those states and not investing in that nice, safe, clean yeah, housing in the affordable housing yeah, market. But- go
0: look, go look at San Francisco and New York if you need to see what happens with with rent control. Yeah. Yeah. Next up, I do think uh, if you're going to, I think you're going to see smaller homes and smaller apartments. Right. The McMansions of the '90s and 2000s are going to go. Uh, I think you're. I think the average new home is going to be smaller than it was the last five years. Mm. I Tell me
1: why know. that is.
0: I just think uh there's this I just I just think that in order to um make an attempt at affordable housing, you're going to be re- like in California, for example, they just adopted that G- Gavin Newsom just got away of got rid of the single family zoning. So basically now you can add an easily add a mother-in-law unit in the back.
1: Oh, I see.
0: Right. So again, you're gonna see more housing in the same footprint. And um
1: Yeah, I see what you're saying. And yes, as as construction costs go up, especially, right? And if we have inflation, even if this was transitory supply chain issues that caused a lot of building materials to go up so far, if inflation happens, then a lot of those increases in building supplies are more permanent and lasting. And so any new stock is going to be more expensive per unit to build. And I agree with you, in order to keep the rents in the range that most can afford, they're going to have to go smaller. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good point.
0: Another one that I'm playing with, I don't know if this is coming, but again, I'm making a 10 year reach. I think the 3d home or the container home or the tiny home, one of these, if not a couple of them are going to take off and, um, you know, you'll see, you know, 3d communities or container or tiny home communities, not just these little one-off, you know, toy things. When I look ahead to a decade, I think one of these, if not a couple take off.
1: So I know what two of these are, Michael, but I don't know what one of these are. When you okay. say 3D, are they 3D printed homes?
0: Essentially, yeah. Essentially, you basically get a, basically how it works. And they've only done a couple. They've done them in Texas and Virginia and a couple other spots. But basically, it's a big old cement mixer and they're design, and they just print, they print the walls, right? Yeah. And then the roof, the roof is still lumber. But, uh, yeah, the,
1: almost the, like a modular home, exactly. but it's literally being three D printed. It's, it's it's amazing what technology does. I I've studied a little bit of three D printing and all kinds of like medical device yeah. applications and stuff, but I didn't actually ever hear that someone yeah. has now three D printed a home. So I have. Um, it's yeah. amazing. I do know a couple people who have container and tiny home communities that they're building, and they've done really really well. I so bet. yeah, I think that that's definitely a trend that's that's heading in that direction. Yeah.
0: Another one I think is coming, and I think we've been introduced to it with the um, moratoriums, is the 40-year mortgage. It would not what? shock me that sometime in this decade, the 40-year mortgage overtakes the 30-year in popularity.
1: Yes, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. Make you pay more, but let you spread it out over lots and lots of payments and get interest on it.
0: Yeah, it's just, gosh. All right, so a couple more. Uh, I, again, I'm a study of history, and we're going to have between one and three recessions. The business cycle is real, and we it's going to happen.
1: Yes. I mean, I would argue, and I, I think I have in some other episodes as well, that I, I think we're still pretty well in recessionary ter- territory because we're oh, yeah. only artificially propped up. Businesses have been given extra money to stay yep. open and keep people employed, families, I just got another seven or $1,700 deposited in my checking account from the IRS that I don't want, right? Um, So if they're going to keep propping up the economy with money, we feel like things are great because we have this extra money in our pocket, but it's all artificial, right? When the money dries up, We're still back where we were at the end of the top of the cycle, heading toward recession at the beginning of 2020.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. I actually think a recession is in the very near future. I've been been talking about that for a while, and uh, I might be off, but these are the numbers I saw for last month. Inflation's at 5.2%. Oh, no, this is a Q3 call. That's what it was. They're expecting inflation at 5.2%, but GDP growth at 4%. I'm looking at that going... That certainly seems like a recession to me because yes, <laughs> it's growing 4%, but inflation's five. So if you do the math, that's like a negative 1.2. What are you guys talking about?
1: Right, and it's only growing because you've given us the money to keep spending.
0: Uh, it's just crazy. So,
1: so yeah. I agree with you. Um, I agree with you on that.
0: Yeah, another one I'm just starting to think about. Again, I've done a lot of research here in the last couple of weeks about Japan's lost decade after they were you know, huge success in the 80s. I think China may have just started what will become or be known as the last decade for them with all their their move from you know semi-capitalism to socialism clearly taking away wealth hitting tech education video games now properties who knows what's next uh, I think China could uh, could very easily have a lost decade and people aren't talking about that
1: Yeah No I I you know I I really haven't had my pulse enough on China um, I do know, you know, I mean, you really opened my eyes about, um, you know, the big company that was going to maybe Grande, yeah. Evergrande, that that maybe could cause some ripples. And we, like the next week, we saw <laughs> ripples, right? Yep. Um, I do know that China, you know, the returns that investors and the wealthy in China can make there are nothing, which is why they buy so much US real estate. Mm-hmm. So I knew that, you know, they can make much better money here than there because of the cost of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really haven't studied China's economy well enough to really understand it, to be honest with
0: you. Yeah, it, it, it is, this is a call that's changing right now. And it's it, it's if you were going to use baseball as analogy, and I don't like to use sports analogy, but it's the only thing I know. I love baseball. Yeah, so the game hasn't even started, right? They're still warming up, right? So this is not even like China's in the first inning of a lost decade. I just see the recipe... I actually see the recipe for them to crush the spirit of the consumers unknowingly, right? They've taken away a trillion dollars in stock market wealth. Now the property market, they're not going to prop up. And and again, the middle class in China owns 1.5 homes on average. If you whack that 20 or 30% by a a fire sale of properties, I mean, I've just, this is an early call. It could go away tomorrow, but I think China's going to have a lost decade. If if I'm asked to make a 10-year call right now, this is on the list.
1: Yeah, wow. How do you think that that impacts us here in the U.S.?
0: Uh, well, first and foremost, I think uh, U.S. capital is not going to be treated well there, right? We have we've invested a lot of money in capital. I think China. I think U.S. businesses like Nike and Tesla and Apple are not treated well. So, I actually think it will have a positive impact on the. I think more manufacturing comes home, like real manufacturing. Right. I think capital flight to China stops or or goes to a trickle. Um. Yeah, I think China's building up walls that they don't want the West money or West stuff. So I, yeah.
1: Yeah, very interesting. Love it.
0: So another thing I think is coming is government programs to help first-time homebuyers. Because again, you mentioned the 50-year chart. It is very affordable on a payment basis, but we are starting to get stretched on down payment. Yes. Right? So I, I see programs coming in, in probably a couple over the next decade or so.
1: Yes. And our government doesn't learn. No, I don't. I was in banking at Bank of America in 1997 to 1998 when the Community Redevelopment Act came through, and we had quotas for making sure that we did enough loans for first-time homebuyers who didn't have any money to get into their um, properties. We had to change our credit criteria to lower it Mm -hmm. and put them through a one- or two-night class on- Budgeting their money, and hoping that they will learn how to make their mortgage payment on they're, time.
0: They're signing up for hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. You put them through a two-day class. That is comical.
1: Yeah, two nights, maybe two nights. not hours. even days. Right. Oh my god! Right, and then give. And we saw where that led. And so it, it's hard, you know. My my bleeding heart says I I want homeownership. Yeah, for people That normally too. can afford it. Um, but if you, you know, you give people fish without teaching them how to fish, it, it never works out well. So
0: yeah, agreed. I,
1: I, I see that coming along with the 40 year mortgage to make, you know, ownership more possible for people. That's,
0: that's the story. Then there are generational trends that are undefeated, right? Baby boomers will get older. Generation X will get older, millennials and Gen Z. And, you know, the last, the last two for sure, they're, they're entering home buying years baby boomers, right? What's going to go on with them? Will they downsize? Will they move to warm states? Uh, then there's the poor generation X kind of slammed in the middle, which I believe both of us are a part of. And yes, uh, how
1: can we be in the middle, Michael? I know I, I rebel. <laughs> I don't like it's that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 46 and gen X. I still feel like I'm like 26. right? Yeah.
0: But, you and me both. Yeah. yeah exactly.
1: We're kind of in that we've been at middle age. Yeah, Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. So no yeah, doubt. I think there's just generational trends there. And, and I don't know what they're gonna be, but once it happens, it will happen for that generation, right? There'll be there'll be trends going on.
1: Yes, it'll be interesting to see, you know, a lot of the millennials, and there's there's conflicting studies about, you know, mm-hmm. what do millennials really want? I mean, a lot of them are buying homes, but I do see a lot of the younger generation, my son's generation, and he's mm-hmm. 18, and I have lots of nieces and nephews that are in their early 20s and they're renting. They want to be able to travel and pick up and go anywhere they want and not be tied down to a home. So I think that there is still, even though yes, millennials, just like Gen X and baby boomers, eventually we have kids and we want to settle down and move to the suburbs and find good Mm -hmm. schools, but millennials are waiting longer to get married. They're having fewer kids. And a lot of them are opting also for After having forced online school through the pandemic, Mm -hmm. many are moving to very creative ways to educate their kids where they don't have to put them in a brick and mortar Mm -hmm. so that they can get up and travel. You know, I've got some friends who literally are traveling the country doing online hybrid homeschooling and letting their kids explore and learn through all of their travels. So I think people become less tied down to a home. um and and start to kind of want to continue to rent or um trade houses you know people are literally trading their homes you come to europe for three months i'll come to the u.s we'll live in each other's homes right um so i'm i'm real interested to see how long that trend lasts Mm -hmm. um and if it's something that's more lasting or more you know just kind of event
0: driven and the
1: yeah event driven right yeah
0: and then look at that i actually had it on the list could deflation happen Sometime this decade, because I think you're right. I think inflation, I see inflation for the next two or three years, just it's just building right now, right? And then, yeah, you're right. It, it does have that negative feedback loop, which can be deflationary. So, yeah, I, I have it as the wrap up on this slide.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, I, it's really tough to kind of predict because, as, as we've said a few times, right? We don't have a crystal ball and we look mm-hmm. at the past and we say, what, what has the past taught us about you know, expansions and contractions and the mm-hmm. tops before the bottoms. And yep. we can kind of see general trends, but because we've had this pandemic thrown into the midst when mm-hmm. everything was heading toward recession, yep. lots of things were in the hyper supply and suddenly it changed. Where are people living? Where are they moving? Are they moving to the suburbs? Are they moving to the city? Um, every region's a little bit different. How are people spending money? Are Is their psyche so rocked That their job could go away, that Mm -hmm. their contracts aren't worth worth anything, that they could have to get a vaccine that they might not want in order to go to work. I mean, there's all kinds of things that I think get into a consumer psyche that impact the way we spend money and they impact demand. So while getting more money keeps demand up because we're going and spending it on TVs and different things that we didn't have before, there's also this like sudden fear of loss of income, right? Mm-hmm. So how is the the consumer psyche of these events gonna change how we come out of it and how long we're in any recession and how long we're in inflation? And I don't think we've ever really had anything like this that was so global yeah. that that we really know how what's the lasting impact of this on the consumer psyche. Yep and how that impacts supply and demand, because ultimately economics 101, it all comes down to supply and demand and supply and demand and how we're taxed on our dollars Mm -hmm. are the two biggest things that impact whether we go into recession or contraction and Mm -hmm. how we come out of it. So it's interesting. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happened, but I I tend to think like you do. I mean, assuming there's going to be up, you know, yep. we're going to have inflation. And at the end of it, it's going to come back down and we're going to be right back at the same cycle. So that's something that's pretty predictable. You know, you have a recession, you have expansion. And usually, Michael, if I'm not incorrect, I think they usually last about 10 years. Yeah. No, track, yeah, Historically. Yeah. Top to bottom. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So this is. Uh, yeah. So thank you for doing that. Uh, how can people find you and be part of your world?
1: Great. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Anna REI mom, Kelly. And you can find me at my website, greaterpurposecapital.com, where we invest in communities to make a meaningful impact while we create strong, strong returns.
0: Very cool. Go check it out, folks. Thanks, Anna.
1: Thanks, Michael.